What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. At my signal, unleash hell. Welcome. Happy Tuesday. You're listening to News Talk Saga 960. Mark Petrano with you for the next two solid gold hours of freedom-loving news talk. Awesomeness. So very glad you could join us on this Tuesday edition of the Mark Petrano Show. And thank you for supporting our terrific sponsor, Blue Harbor Financial. Jeff McGilvery and his team are the financial planning and insurance experts Jeff's my guy. Consider making him your guy if you need some help with insurance. Maybe you need some retirement planning expertise. Hello. It's never too early to start. That's what I tell my man Jacob all the time. Yeah, you may be young now, but one day you'll look like me and you'll be wondering what the hell happened. Anyway, go to askjeff.ca. <laughs> Ask G-E-L-F-F.ca. Our number, my friends, 289 275 9,600. If you want to chat, uh, oh, as, as mentioned, uh, well, I guess we didn't really mention it because we skipped the news earlier. Uh, a heat warning in the GTA, Environment Canada, advising Canadians to stay indoors, stay hydrated. Uh, what are you hearing about this, Jacob? Uh, how serious is this thing? Yeah, so this usually happens around this time of the summer. The the GTA especially can get pretty humid. So uh, temperatures of 29 to 33 degrees, humidex values reaching all the way up to 42. Uh, so it's going to be sticky out there. We saw it this past long weekend, uh, pretty humid. If you need to be outside, make sure you're drinking water because uh, when the sun's out and all that humidity is out there, uh, it can catch up to you pretty quickly. I'm pretty sure they won't be drinking Bud Light. More about that a little later on. But, hey, you know what? It's summertime. So, like, what do you want? I mean, it's Canada. Yeah, all right. So you got a couple of months of, of hot weather. Don't worry. It'll be freezing cold before you know it. But I hope you had a nice Canada day. Hope you had a good weekend. It's uh, it's the one time of year that Trudeau hates the most because it's a reminder that we still exist as a country. We're not a post-nation state just yet, despite his efforts, despite his ongoing efforts to destroy Canada, to take a wrecking ball to our economy, to take a wrecking ball to our society. We still exist, and he has to acknowledge that once a year. And so uh, that's why I love it most, is because I know that it irks Justin Trudeau, who doesn't work for us, my friends. I don't see how anybody, apart from the bozos at the Toronto Star, could believe it. he does. One of those propagandists over there is pushing the idea... And you know what? It comes out of the demands by so many people that we have a public inquiry into the meddling, the election meddling by the Chinese. Well, according to Susan Delacorte, you know, the real threat is from the far right. Never mind the Chinese comms. They're not so bad. It's those far right wingers south of the border. They're the real threat. 
Okay, say they are. Let's have an inquiry to find out. Oh, no, but that's not what they want. Right? In their little tiny brains, they're thinking, well, you know, China's not the only one meddling, you know. It's those Americans. They're the ones who are really causing the trouble. So in the way they balance each other off, that way we have to do nothing. Trust me, that is what these people think. Everybody's meddling, so who cares? Honestly, God. And for the privilege of lying on behalf of the regime, the Toronto Star gets millions of dollars from you and me. Yeah, subsidies every year just to prop up these people. You talk about conspiracy theories over there. All they care about at Toronto Star is to keep the government bailout money coming. These are the same people who said that those trucker convoy people were brandishing loaded shotguns. Yeah. Well, that turned out to be a big fat lie. But the point is they get rewarded for it to the tune of millions of dollars. They are truly a pathetic remnant of a newspaper, completely dependent now on tax money for survival. They are the wards of the state and their blackface wearing meal ticket is all that stands between themselves and bankruptcy. Oh, I guess they're going to partner up with Post Media, too. Oh, by the way, our American friends are celebrating July the 4th, Independence Day. Uh, and as awful as the government is right now in America, it's, uh, you know, America is not the government, right? It, the people are America, I mean, to me, right? And many of them still value freedom and will fight for it. Absolutely. George Ann Burke, who is both Canadian and American, Hey, she'd be perfect to come on the show, and that's why she is coming on the show. I think in about 11 minutes' time, she's going to tell us the difference between July the 1st and July the 4th in terms of what they represent. I can tell you my neighbor down here wished me a happy 4th of July this morning at 7.30. I just stepped outside. There he was, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed with bells on doing his thing. Wishing me a happy Fourth of July. He knows I'm Canadian. He just, you know, he wants me to feel at home. I think that's really cool. Uh, you know, I mean, I can tell you that all the years I lived in Canada, I it must have happened. <laughs> I don't remember a neighbor wishing me Happy Canada Day. Happy, you know, Happy First of July. Happy Canada's birthday today. I don't remember. Somebody I didn't know particularly well. I mean, kind of knew him. You know, neighborly type of guy. You know, just wishing me that. I don't remember that happening. I, I I keep telling myself that's not possible. Later today, I'm invited to watch some of the fireworks. But they, they've been going on all week here over the golf course, man. You can sit there. I'm lying in bed. I'm hearing explosions. I'm going, <laughs> I hope those are fireworks. <laughs> but uh, they love their country, or at least they love the Constitutional Republic they still believe exists. The idea of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, my friends, that exists. And that's the America that I've kind of gotten to know in my almost two years down here as I keep a safe distance from the blackface regime. That's just me, my friends. They tell me, look, the mandates are gone. Things are kind of normal. But as long as that scumbag is running the place, I'm just not comfortable. I'm not comfortable. Even though Canada is my home, I love Canada. Always will love Canada. Born, raised there. Uh, I can tell you that uh, still love the place. and Always will love the place. But I tell you, France. Wow. 
1,000 buildings burnt, 5,600 vehicles destroyed. BLM, hold our beer, say these slime balls and scumbags over there wrecking the place. 3,300 arrests in the first week of French riots. And that other narcissistic megalomaniac, Emmanuel Macron, Macron, is blaming social media. It's all social media's fault. And not only that, it's those darn video games. It's just too many people playing Call of Duty 15 or whatever it is. Jacob, what's the what's the cool uh, what's the cool video game now? Oh God, you're putting me on the spot here. Well, uh, we'll... You know, I, I thought you're being a young guy. I figured you'd be. I'm out of the loop. I'm out of the loop. I want to say Fortnite, but that's I mean that's past that's that's past. I think that's past its prime at this point. Okay. I thought you listen. I won't ask you about video games anymore. Yeah, please don't. You know what? If you want to talk about some old Call of Duty games, we can talk that. But oh, current, oh, current day Call of Duty, oh, I got nothing. I knew there was some kind of game in your history. Oh, My no. Pac- oh, back in the day. Sort of <laughs> uh, Pac-Man. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Anna Grayson Morley is going to be in the show. Uh, keep Dan Hartman in your thoughts. This is the father of Sean who died at age 17 after getting the COVID shots. And Dan, Dan just got some medical corroboration from south of the border of the United States that his son, in fact, did die uh, as a result of the shots. I did reach out to Dan today, and uh, he'll, get, he'll come on the show when he has an opportunity. He did post a video. I, I was going to play part of it, but I think, you know what, if you want to watch this thing, uh, just go on Twitter and uh, follow him. And, uh, you know, justice for Sean and watch it. 289-275-9600 is our number here. Again, Bud Light, this is desperate. Getting mocked over this new ad featuring Kansas City Chief star Travis Kelsey. Okay, so uh, you're a sports guy, so I know you know Travis Kelsey. Right, Jacob? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a superstar. Casey, you know, obviously he's got some rings. Some uh, gold there or whatever it is. Super, uh, was it, what is this? What's this? What's the big game? Super Bowl. Super Bowl. <laughs> Way my head at today. All right. So anyway, so they've got all these men grunting. That's how they're going to fix their problem over there at Bud Light. They got a whole bunch of people, a bunch of dudes, right? And they're making all sorts of noises that men make. Let's, let's listen. That's the new Bud Light. We're all men here. (laughs) Did you know that the the current CEO of Anheuser-Busch, Brendan Whitworth, was in the CIA? I thought that was kind of odd. There was a guy who produced a video. looks pretty solid because they used the guys, Mr. Whitfields or Whitworth's LinkedIn page. I thought that's kind of odd. And now a glass bottling company impacted by Bud Light's botched promotion, which with uh, transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney, will close down two of its locations, laying off more than 600 employees. Now, that is bad as the beer brand. This is the offshoot. So this is why marketing matters. (laughs) You screw that up. It's over, man. And so here they are. It's sad. It's very sad news on this uh, July 4th for 600 people. 
as the beer brand continues to grapple with staggering financial losses. I think they've lost something in the neighborhood of $6 billion in market capitalization. And so, yeah, well, actually 645 employees. Yeah, the uh, global glass producer that uh, contracts with Anheuser-Busch announced it will be closing plants in North Carolina and Louisiana in July, uh, putting 645 people out of a job. The bottling company did not reveal the reason for the move, but an investigation by some journalists has reportedly found that the plants are shuttering because of tanking Bud Light sales. There you go, my friends. A Bud Light ad controversy continues. Have you heard of a movie called uh, Sound of Freedom? This is about child sex trafficking, and it's getting a lot of buzz for an independent movie. Free sales for Angel Studios' Sound of Freedom have skyrocketed to $10 million ahead of the film's July the 4th opening, which is today across 2,600 locations. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And so a lot of people are looking forward to this movie. And uh, Mel Gibson, I believe, is is he involved in the production? Let's listen to Mel. He was talking about it recently. One of the most disturbing problems in our world today is human trafficking, and particularly the trafficking of children. Our future is our children. Now, the first step in eradicating this crime is awareness. Goes the sound of freedom. Yeah. Well, I, you know what? I wouldn't mind saying that. And by the way, the, the latest Indiana Jones uh, movie did not do particularly well. I think they made $60 million, which sounds like a lot of money, but it cost uh, $300 million to make. And that's that doesn't even include the marketing costs. And so, eh, you know what? People, some people finding it overly woke. I'm not going to go see it. I thought the first one was great. But that's pretty much it. By the way, the substance they found in the White House, that white stuff that they found in the White House, uh, apparently it is coke, cocaine. Yeah, and apparently Hunter Biden spent some time in that uh, library. Just saying, the unknown item that forced a brief evacuation of the White House on Sunday night and drew a hazmat team, well, they thought, I guess it was something else. But no, it turned out to be coke. Anyway, uh Fire and EMS showed up at the executive mansion, initially uh, tested positive for cocaine. That according to a dispatch call that was made that evening. We have a yellow bar stating cocaine 
a hydrochloride. That according to a D.C. firefighter who stated that in radio communications. So somebody somebody's been doing some blowing there. And well, I don't know if it's Joe. It's possible. Bag it up and take it out, said the firefighter (laughs) to the hazmat team. The white powdery substance was found in the residence's library, according to the dispatch call. Hmm. Well, that, I think, tends to support the idea that it wasn't a hunter. The fact that it was in the library, that's like full of books, right? The, (laughs) The Secret Service told the Post, the New York Post, the agency does not comment on an active investigation and declined to comment any further. Well, that'll be something that maybe some of the reporters will be asking questions about. Uh, I don't know. I would think that they should. We're going to take a quick time out, my friends, because George Ann Burke is going to be heating up in the bullpen. She's going to explain it all. She's going to lay it all out. The difference between how they do it in Canada in terms of July the 1st versus what it means to be American on July the 4th. All this coming your way after the after this quick break. Don't go away. Stream us live at saga960am.ca. You were listening to the Mark Petroni radio program, heard exclusively on News Talk Saga 960. Saga 960. Well, now we know why they call it the White House. I mean, uh, let's listen. Uh, Can you give me an update where you're at? This is playing an arcade. Ronnie is uh, standing in front of us. Can barely make it out. And the results of an arcade. I don't know how much time you have left on the uh, juvenile. We're waiting for the results of an arcade. Remaining time currently is standing in process is uh, 10 minutes 26. <laughs> okay, chip was negative. Uh, anyway, turns out it was cocaine found at the White House. George Ann Burke joining us. Uh, George Ann, are you still in Canada? Or are you back in uh, the U.S.? Actually, I'm in the U.S. for the day. Back in the U.S. for the oh, celebrating July the Fourth in mm-hmm. America, right? Not really, but okay. That's not why I'm here, but okay. <laughs> well, you could be. I mean, it just happens to be July the Fourth. Thanks for, thanks for coming yes, on the show. that's true. I mean, you are Canadian and American. You're born in the yep. United States, but have spent years in Canada working. You're a communications strategist, political expert. Uh, talk about the differences now. You would be as good a person to ask about the difference between Canada and July the 1st, Canada Day, the way Canadians mark their birthday, and the way uh, Americans mark their birthday, July the 4th. So um, actually, the the underlying purpose for the holidays is somewhat different. Canada's celebration of its independence from what I'm not exactly sure, because they're still part of the British Commonwealth. They still recognize the royalty, the queen, uh, you know, when she was alive, now the new king um, as their heads of state. And the American Revolution and, and, and July 4th is a celebration of complete independence from British rule. So their purpose is completely different. However, in the end, it comes out to be the celebrations are kind of similar, you know, on a personal level, 
fireworks and barbecues and family get-togethers and those things are the same. Um, however, it's what interests me is what people have to say about the holidays. And um, in the past, I would have said both countries' leaders have spoken glowingly of their countries um, about why those days were important, what they meant, you know, why freedom was an important thing, why independence is an important thing. In, even in the nuanced fashion that it exists in Canada, because it's not exactly the same as I said, but what it's evolved into <clears throat> in the last uh, few years, probably more in Canada than the U.S., is a um, denigration of the society itself um, and what and and its and its freedom and its liberty and its uh, you know all the things that they talked about in the past. Um, Example was Ben and Jerry's uh, pointing out that, you know, Canada should give the land back to the indigenous people. Meanwhile, Mm. they're doing business on indigenous land. Someone pointed out it was actually owned by the Penobscot Indians. Are they giving that back? Probably not. Um, So, you know, we we see this hypocrisy of blaming, going back and blaming historical things rather than saying we walked away from those, that history, you know, we've come a long way since then and look at the great things that we've been able to make happen. Instead, they've devolved into a criticism of their countries. It exists in the United States as well. We've seen some pretty crazy stuff said about it, about uh, July 4th, but most Americans don't stand for that. They just give a, either a wave of the hand or they tell them to sit down and shut up because that's not what the 4th of July is about. Um, there's a lot of patriotism in the U.S. still around the 4th of July, the parades and and the display of respect for the military um, and the people that have made the country free. There's still a lot of that, um, much more than in Canada. But that's because Americans tend to be more, and I put this in quotes, patriotic, um, and, and that's in a display way than Canadians are. I don't you know, diminish the fact that Canadians care about their country and many, many are proud of their country, but it's not the same American patriotism. I know you know this, Mark, because you've been in the U.S. enough time to know that it is different about how people speak about their country versus uh, in the U.S. versus in Canada. Um, there's a different form of patriotism. It's quite outspoken in the U.S. It's quite unabashed. Uh, some people call it chauvinistic. I, I think it's just uh, kind of refreshing that people feel that way about their country. I mean, even some of the what I consider kind of self-loathing liberals down here, they still get at the flag and they still get uh, misty eyed. A lot of them. I mean, some of them just flat out hate America, you know, like the Obamas. But um, others, uh, they they treasure their country. And by the way, Canada, I mean, it, it started as Dominion Day and that it changed mm-hmm. to Canada Day in 1982. It, it commemorates the uniting of the colonies, what well, used to be the colonies under the Correct. North America Act, which is a lot less explosive than Independence Day and saying, you know what, we're not going to be under the thumb of the king anymore. Thank you very much. Take a hike. And if you don't right. like, well, let's have a war and settle it out. <laughs> settle it that way. Yeah, that's kind of, kind of, the, kind of the American way. And I think the other thing, the other point is that in 1982, it changed from Dominion Day to Canada Day because of the Constitution, which was kind of, you know, a step away from 
British control. Canada was independent of Great Britain in terms of its government and all of that. But that was with a full agreement and permission and willingness of the British government, unlike the U.S., which was they had to fight a war to get their freedom. But by that time, the British were tired of the cost and the effort of maintaining all of these colonies. And they said, well, okay, you can go off and run your own government, but you're still going to report to us in some way, which is the current um, existing condition that there is obviously a head of state um, in 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 the in Canada represented by the governor general uh, who is a representative of the royalty the king now and um, uh, that is not doesn't exist in the United States in any way I mean we completely freed ourselves from Britain in 1776 and it's reflected in the character the respective characters of the countries aren't they I mean mm-hmm. difference yes. It just feels different. I was saying uh, in the first segment, I stepped outside today at about uh, 730 and there's my neighbor was walking around and say, first thing out of his mouth was I, I said, good morning. He said, happy Fourth of July. And right. I, well, thank and you. I, I, I'll tell you that that, you. That, that is exactly the way uh, most Americans feel. I, I was driving down here. I'm in Syracuse and I was driving down and um, coming through the city like the whole city is strewn with beautiful, um, you know, banners and signs that say Happy Fourth of July, Happy Independence Day. The parks are all decorated. Um, they're, they're, you know, it's very festive all through the whole city. And Syracuse is a small city. I'm sure other places are even more so. Um, but there's a lot of a lot of uh, patriotism. All the small towns, as I was driving through, all the small towns have their flags displayed proudly. Um, uh, it, it's interesting to me that. Um, like you said, Americans, even those who kind of are not in necessarily quote unquote Republicans or agreement with the conservative side of things, that doesn't make them any less patriotic. They love the country. They just have a different view of what should be done. And, and I'm not talking about the radicals on either end. Okay. I'm talking about the vast majority, the 99% of people in the middle who are just regular people. They're very proud of their country. They they know that every country has things that are not perfect about it, but um, this was the, the goal was to create a more perfect union. Didn't say it was a perfect union. And it should continue to be the goal to strive for perfection, to strive for better things, but to recognize when things aren't right and try to, to repair them. But do it in a way that isn't going to hurt somebody else. So, you know, I think that I think that you see Americans tend to be, as I said, this is the difference. When I said more patriotic, I mean that they're more um, outward in their display of patriotism. They have a very distinct sense of what the American identity is. I think Canadians would be hard pressed to express to you, um, to me, to anybody, what is a Canadian? Why is what's what makes Canadians unique? Americans will have answers for you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, they Americans know what it means to be an American. I don't think Canadians really have an answer, and maybe that's purposeful. I don't. I don't want to cast any aspersions. If that's what they want, that's fine. But I'm just saying it's a difference. It's a cultural difference for yeah. sure. Patriotism is seen differently on both sides of the border. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, even the Biden administration, and you can make the case that uh, I don't know how they feel about America. I certainly know how they feel about uh, filling their own coffers, their own personal coffers. Mm-hmm. But uh, even they will pay lip service to the flag and the Constitution and say the things that kind of even when he doesn't even know the words, you know, the thing or whatever you refer to. <laughs> but you compare that with right. Uh, but I don't know if they would have ever elected a guy who promised to make their country a post-nation state. I mean, let's not forget this. It's not That's not just a lack of patriotism. That's a desire to wreck the place. I mean, Trudeau actually well, told the New York Times, Canada, he wants Canada to be the first post-nation state. And guess what? That's what he's doing. He's wrecking the place. I mean, to me, that's the, op- the polar opposite of patriotism. That's self-destruction. What say you? Well, so I would agree with you. I would say, however, that we should be careful about Pinning it all, uh, pinning that only on Trudeau. The fact is that um, I remember Obama saying that he wanted to fundamentally transform the United States, which to me is the same thing. Um, and I, I think that their goals are the same, that they don't, that there's a certain segment of the populations in both countries that really don't see the value in their nations, different reasons, different things that they that they don't value. But it comes down to the same thing. They want to fundamentally transform these countries uh, in in, uh, in Trudeau's case into a post-national state. And in, in Obama's case, he said he wants to fundamentally transform the United States. Same diff, you know, just like I said, picking on different things to do it. Um, that being said, that is not a view in the United States that's held by anywhere near the majority of people. As a matter of fact, the vast, vast, vast majority of people would disagree fundamentally with that. They think that the country is fundamentally fine. That doesn't mean it's perfect. That doesn't mean that everything is perfect. That doesn't mean that everything should stay as it is. But that doesn't mean that you want to take, you want to tear down every institution, which is what's what the goal is of some of these very radical people on both sides of the border. Um, the difference is that Trudeau doesn't have the sense to pick his words as carefully as Barack Obama did. Well, so maybe he's not, you know, maybe he's not as smart, you know, I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, to me, he's being honest, but he also knows, I think he understands the sentiment of Canadians. He knows that Canadians are not particularly patriotic and he can, he could get away with exactly. something like that. Yes. Whereas, I, yes. I, don't, I would agree. Would Biden be able to get away with it? I don't know. Maybe with the media being, if, but the media would have to do backflips to try and explain away what he had said. But if if a, a, a prospective uh, presidential candidate came came out and said, yeah, I want us to be I, just, I don't even want us to be a, a country anymore. I think uh, this we're going to be a post nation state and uh, whatever that looks like. Well, you'll find out the hard way. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. if yeah. that... Well, I mean, that, that that would not fly. I can tell you that right away. That would not fly. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, Americans on both parties would disagree with that. As, as I said, the vast majority of Democrats of, of um, affiliated Democrats are not of that mindset, um, which is why, uh, by the way, uh, parties on both sides are losing members to the independent middle because they don't like 
this uh, partisanship, and they certainly don't like what they're hearing on the Democrat side about you know, tearing down these institutions that they believe are the things that actually make the country unique and strong and what it is. Um, and so I think that that's, that would not fly. I agree with you. Um, Canadians, as I said, they have a different, they have less of a sense of what it means to be Canadian. What is what does Canadian citizenship mean? What does it mean to be a but to be Canada, why is that something special? They, people have a hard time articulating it. I've never been able to get anybody to actually tell me what that means. Um, and Americans will give you a whole variety of reasons, but they all kind of tie together with we stand for individual freedoms, liberty, um, you know, opportunity. People understand what it means uh, to be an American. And those are the things that they value. And they know that the institutions that we have that were brilliantly thought of by the by the founders of the of the U.S. of uh, the U.S. government of the, of the country, they were brilliantly thought of by them. They are the things that underpin all of those liberties and all of those freedoms. And if you tear them down, you tear away at the fabric of the freedom that we have. And if you don't know what you are, and if you don't know what makes your country great, you are vulnerable. You're right there. I mean, there, there's a strength. I totally agree. There's a strength in knowing who you are and what you stand for. <laughs> yes. And, and if you don't know, well, then, you, you know, you open the door for the kind of slime ball that wants to mess it up, change it, not because they think it's going to be better afterwards, just, just for their own self-aggrandizement. You know what I mean? I think that's why they're doing it. At the end of the day, that's why a guy like Trudeau doesn't want to tinker, you know, doesn't want to, you know, make little changes or keep things the way they are. A guy like that, with a massive ego, a narcissist like that, he wants to wreck the place. He wants to take a wrecking ball to the place just because he, he can. And uh, to me, well, that's and the thing I think that's interesting is his, his message that he put out about Canada Day. I don't know if you saw the video. I saw um, that the whole thing. It was just so he is, I've never seen a more a person with more lack of self-awareness than him. He is completely completely unaware of how he, what he says and how it impacts people. He is the laughing stock, not only of other countries, but he's a laughing stock now of his own country. His popularity has gone down dramatically. This is a guy that was always way ahead of his party in popularity. Not anymore. He's dragging the party down. And that's because I think that a lot of Canadians are waking up and saying, well, wait a minute, this guy really is, is doing things that are going to harm us. And no. it, it took things like, you know, like gas prices going through this through the roof now you know over two dollars a liter easily over two dollars a liter in places out west for sure in vancouver they're a dollar sixty a liter in in ontario with a new carbon taxes and something they put on people are going well wait a minute why why is he doing this it doesn't make any sense in a country that's rich in oil and gas why is this happening well it's happening because Number one, you guys closed your eyes and you didn't demand more from your government. And secondly, it's because they can. They just do it because they can. There's, it's ideological. It's about their narrative. It is not about what is really good for the country. It's not going to solve the problem of environmental issues because they're not, it's not the fault of these things that are causing problems in the environment. If there are problems in the environment, which surely there are, everything isn't perfect once again there. That doesn't mean that you burn the house down to, to fix the problem. Did you see? It doesn't uh, make any sense. For the time we've got left, uh, Susan Delacourt saying that this. Oh it's, yes, it's not about Chinese election meddling in Canada no. so much or foreign. It's about those Americans, those hard right, those yeah. far right people in America. They're the ones who are really messing with Canada. 
<laughs> Last word to you. Yeah, I, I saw it and I saw it. And my answer was, oh, see, now I see where the inquiry will go. The inquiry that they're going to be forced to do is going to be blame the Americans, blame the right. That's what they're going to do. They're not going to acknowledge that the problem is foreign interference, actual foreign interference. Americans were not involved in the in the convoy. Maybe a couple, but the vast majority, like I mean, I'm talking about maybe 99.9999999% of the people in the convoy were Canadians who were fed up. But it's easier to blame somebody else. And the closest one to blame is those American right wingers. You don't want to blame the Chinese or the Russians because you got, you're in with them. You've, you've thrown in with them already. They're your buddies. Exactly. I mean, there's, yeah. they have to deal with China meddling. There's no way that they can do a public inquiry and just ignore the fact that we, we kicked out a Chinese spy. We've got all that testimony by Chinese community members who say that uh, they were pressured and bullied into voting a certain mm-hmm. way, voting at all. So I think that it would be not only that, the threats against the threats against members of parliament and their families. Uh, there's yeah. a there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of evidence. But the question is, uh, they may talk about it, but they're going to uh, the overarching theme will be American and uh, right wing yeah. alt right interference in Canada. That's yeah, what we'll they're going to do. They're going to go there. I saw it right away. And Susan Delacourt, her husband is a big liberal operative. We, I know who she is. Uh, you know, maybe she maybe she has been a halfway decent journalist at some point in your life. She's just a flack for them now. It's actually appalling. Oh my gosh, shocking. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. Thank you so much for coming yep. on the show, George. Ann. always a great pleasure. My pleasure, Mark. Senior Vice President of Pathway Group. All right, my friends, let's take a break. Back with more on New Stock's Saga 960 of the Mark Petrona Show after this. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on Saga960AM.ca. You were listening to the Mark Petroni Radio Program. Heard exclusively on News Talk Saga 960. Back with more on News Talk Saga 960. So very glad you could join us on this Tuesday edition of the Mark Petroni Show. Always a great pleasure having Anna Grayson Morley on the show, coming to us from beautiful West London, UK. She's uh, a safe distance from the turmoil, the fires, the destruction in France. And uh, she's going to bring us up to speed on that, as well as the Nigel Farage controversy, the fact that he can't even get a, a bank account now. He's been booted. I guess he's been deplatformed by his bank, the bank that he had worked with, uh, for, for he'd been a client of for many years. They just decided, no, you know what? We don't want you anymore. We don't need your business anymore. And uh, that's uh, stunning because, of course, it's politically motivated. Everybody knows it. Uh, Anna, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. Nice to be back. Well, it's nice to have you back, although uh, what's happening in France is extremely troubling. Let's listen to this. Well, the tweet is by an individual by the name of uh, Paul Golding, who is a reinstated verified account of, oh, this is the the account of Britain First leader, Paul Golding. That's the uh, Britain First. So this is uh, the conservative, uh, I guess, uh, right-wing, uh, pro-Britain, Britain First party. Let's listen. Okay, what we're seeing is some people in black with hoods smashing their way into a Catholic bookstore in France, in Paris. 
Sorry, it's actually in Nantes, France. Did I pronounce that to this in just Nantes? Nantes. Nantes, yeah. Yeah. Horrible. What's going yeah. on over there? I mean, what's what's your take on all this madness? Well, this uh, this attack on a Catholic bookstore. I mean that that is that shows you that it's well beyond just uh, a reaction to this uh, young uh, young man of Algerian descent that got uh, killed by the police in uh, in in uh, one of the suburbs in in France, and it just. Um, these religious, these attacks on religious monuments, on churches, on, you know, shops, whatever that that's Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus part of this anti-Catholic movement and, you know, it's coming from religions that don't agree, that want to see it destroyed, and anarchists as well. Um, but as, as far as this, this, this protest goes, you know, initially, uh, we talked about this before our last segment, and I sort of said, well, look, you know, this, it'll, it'll pass. It's, it's one of those things that goes on in France all the time. I mean, it's never reported, but pretty much every weekend there's somebody burning a car somewhere in, in protest because you've got these huge number of really disaffected young people. And we're not just talking about like recent immigrants. We're talking about second, third, fourth generation uh, young people that just do not assimilate into French society. And France has brought them in because they used to be uh, protectorates and former French colonies, you know, from Tunisia, Algeria, Morocco. This is where a lot of these people come from. And they make up about one in 11 of every person in France are from the, these countries. Um, so when this guy, Nahil Merzouk, um, was, you know, he's apparently no angel. And you sort of wonder, is, is this another George Floyd moment, you know, for France? Because he was driving a Mercedes with a Polish license. He was in a bus lane and he ran a red light. He was obviously trying to escape being stopped. And then he got shot. And of course, he died. And then all hell broke loose. And it's, it is this, it's a typical story, but this time it's really, really taken off um, quite violently. I mean, you've got, uh, so far, there's like 5,600 cars that are torched, um, 100 private properties that were burned or damaged, 250 police stations. This is just beyond what, what normally happens in France with these, these, you know, protests from the Banyuls, the suburbs. And, um, you know, Macron even started off being uh, quite out of touch about this, blaming violent video games for this increasing violence. And, um, 
it, it happened so often the second day he was at an Elton John concert. And of course, you know, people weren't very impressed with that. Um, so then he's he's had to close major events. So you can't go to a football game anymore or go to a concert at night. Um, all the bus and train travel has been stopped because these are the places that these people attack and burn down. And they're very violent, Mark. I mean, you've got some of these gangs have got hold of police AK-47s and are shooting them. Um, you, you had a, a burning car in southwest Paris uh, being rammed into the mayor's um, home. And his wife had to be hospitalized because she was trying to get out of the house and climb a garden fence and broke her leg. I mean, it's really, it's really quite awful. And it's, it's also spread to Brussels as well. It's, it, it's not just contained there. So it's um, it's a problem for them. It's a problem. Yeah, Macron demands platforms delete riot content. So he's he's blaming social media and video games for the protest. I mean, this is a narcissist megalomaniac who cannot accept uh, any responsibility for what's going on. This story in France: a storm is brewing again, and French President Emmanuel Macron appears to have figured it all out. It's social media and video games that are to blame for the ongoing riots. Uh, the police, have, of course, they see uh, they see a very different thing. I mean, they, they came out recently and said, well, we're at war with vermin. That was, the, that was the quote by police in France and Paris. We're at war with vermin. Unfortunately, it's, France has allowed that vermin to infest their country to such a degree that uh, now they're at serious risk of having the whole thing topple in a heap. I mean, uh, France is in big trouble. And as you it's pointed it, yeah. out, it's not just France, it's Belgium. And that can spread right across Europe where you've got, and then of course you've got hundreds of thousands, millions uh, in Africa waiting to come over. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I don't know, yep. I don't know if, uh, how Italy is uh, holding back the tide. Hopefully their Navy is up to the job. Uh, Britain has its own problems with these dinghies of people mm -hmm. coming over it's it's insane it, and it's not necessarily the, the people coming over they're looking for a better life and i understand that most of them yeah they're economic yeah. migrants they're not leaving because of political reasons now, there may be some but the vast majority are coming over because of uh, economic problems in their own countries sure and so uh, here we are i mean this is uh this was predicted a long time ago right the blood in oh, the streets yeah, but yeah, yeah, and uh, several years ago, there was a French minister that that really recognized. I think actually, no, he was a general. I think he said there will be civil war, and he said that um, what we should know is a minister that said what we should, in response to the, this general talking about civil war. He said, well, what we should do is give a part of France to these people and sort of contain them, you know, which is exactly what they would want. They just want to take over the whole place, you know. So you yeah, exactly. Bit, I mean, want more and more and more. Yeah, they're not going to settle for half a loaf or quarter loaf or anything like that no you know they're uh, they're there to take over the whole thing and then destroy yeah. those um of other faiths let's just say i mean here they are yeah. showing yeah. their colors once again uh, yeah. setting fires destroying catholic christian uh i mean priceless works of uh architecture they don't care they're they're there to destroy and take over yeah. Reminds me a lot of uh, the government uh, in Canada right now. They're just there to destroy and take full control of everybody and everything. Anyway, so it's it's a very serious problem. What have the Brits been saying about it? What's uh, what's the reporting on 
like, uh, say, where you are in London? Well, if you listen to liberal stations, it's it's pretty much, oh, isn't that awful? And, you know, they're not treating their immigrants properly, that sort of thing. If you listen to GB News, they're saying that, you know, this is a problem that we should be looking at that because we have got all these numbers of illegal immigrants coming here at a pace which we cannot, they will not integrate. You know, we, we already have riots happening between groups of, of people who are in their own country sort of at war with, it, with one another. You know, a few months ago, we had a riots in, in Leicester where uh, Muslims and Hindus clashed, you know, and so we're importing, you know, problems that are coming over from arguments from other places in the world. And, and they just don't integrate that well into British society, especially when you, when you have it at a very high, high pace. You know, if you bring in immigrants slowly, they can, you know, slowly get used to the, the culture, our, our ways. But, you know, you, you had um, under Tony Blair, you had very much a liberal government that sort of said, well, you know, their ways are just as good as ours. And therefore, kind of denigrating our culture, you know, and, and destroying it. And so, yeah. you know, it's... The Hindus That's usually are not problem. a problem, are they? Sorry, the, what? The Hindus, the Hindus usually are not a problem. No, they're not. They're not. I mean, they they have their 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 set of beliefs, and they they go about them very peacefully. It's those people that want to to yeah. change society and you know bring on blasphemy laws if if you go and and change the way we operate because they don't like you know, seeing films that, that talk about um, Islam yeah. or, you know, something like that. Uh, and that's that's something, you know, in a free society, you, you, you can't really you can't really allow that to but happen. You at know, the end of the day, they're, they're not the really country. the problem either. The Muslims, they're not really. The, the problem is the people who insist on wrecking our own countries, using and weaponizing these outsiders, these migrants. Yeah. Um, using that as a club to defeat their political en uh, enemies here they'll partner with and they will literally partner with satan himself if well you're looking at that they'll that those people can destroy uh their political enemies that's you're looking that's at the, the problem you're, you're looking at cu coupling with the radical islamists not with muslims that has to be Radic made perfect radicalism clear. yeah exactly I mean, exactly but there but you know that's the religion that seems to breed it though I mean, let's face it, you know, you don't hear Christians going nuts and murdering people and rioting uh, or Hindus or Buddhists or other religious faiths. You don't hear those people uh, infiltrating, undermining and destroying countries, do you? No, I don't. No, I, mean, I no, stand to be corrected no. here. Now, over here in the West, the media hates and the left hates, hates Catholicism, hates Christians. And wants yes. to declare that those are the people, those are the real radicals, those are the real nut jobs. Yeah, those, those are the people that need to be stopped. I mean, these people are delusional in the extreme. They will mm -hmm. gaslight anybody and everybody when you can see right in front of us. I mean, this is exactly a perfect demonstration of the threat to Western society right here. It's right in front of your face. And what does this idiot Macron do? He blames social media and, and video games. Is he delusional yeah. or is he gaslighting his own people that's what i want to know he, he's he's probably an atheist and and of course he's he's very much um one of uh klaus schwab's people isn't he the world economic forum because you've got to get rid of 
the basis of Western civilization in order to bring in this control that they want to control. And the basis is Catholicism, Christianity, if you like. You know, the, the belief in something other than uh, a government, something transcendent to yourself, something greater than you. Um, they can't have that because they want their own people to be the great ones, the ones that control you and tell you what to do. And what, and you have to sort of separate and divide society in order to do that. You know, Obama did a very good job of that in America, where he he brought in more racial tension, I thought. He did. Um, Absolutely. No question about that. You know, and, and that's the kind of thing that, that spo you know, sparks all these kind of um, the hatred in people and and. There is, there is no unification going on. It's all about separating, separating, separating. And we'll be back with more on News Talk Saga 960 and the Mark Petronas Show after this. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. You were listening to the Mark Petroni Radio Program, heard exclusively on News Talk Saga 960. Anna Grayson Morley joining us in Saga 960, talking about uh, the turmoil that has gripped France. Are things calming down a little bit? Um, yeah, last night, um, the, it's, what is it, today's Tuesday. So, yeah, it's it's calmed down. It's a one week since these things started, the riots started. They've only arrested 160 people, slightly calmer. But, you know, the, the whole sort of amount of arrests now is toppling 2,500 you know, in total over this, this time period. But it yeah. seems to have, you know, they're running out of a bit of gas, so to speak, Well, uh, <laughs> uh, last there's, night. There's this video that's airing. Okay, so the point of this is, the tweet says that uh, it's, it's the French nationalists now who patrol the streets of Lyon. So these people have seen what's going on. They don't like it. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And now they are coming on the streets by the thousands, presumably to boot out the other people, the rioters. Well, they, they don't want to see the destruction of their country, of their of no. their city. And so you've got the nationalists now saying, yeah, okay, enough. You've had your fun. And now they're coming on the streets and cleaning house. Cut it out. Yeah. And you have, you know, in France, Lyon is one of them, but you've got no-go areas all over France. Bordeaux, the city of Bordeaux, parts of Brittany. Marseille is absolutely known for the fact that there are just streets you cannot go down. Firefighters and police will not enter some of these areas. So, you know, when you talk about the French nationalists, um, this is the beginnings, if it's not controlled, 
of a sort of civil war. You know, once you start people getting into the streets and some of them got AK-47s, what else are you going to call it? Meantime, in, in Germany, another election now has seen the uh, AFD win uh, a mayoralty race. Uh, rival politicians warn of more vic victories ahead for the AFD. The yeah, German yeah. opposition party alternative for Germany. Uh, isn't this the one that Christine Anderson represents or is part uh, of? Uh, I'm not sure. I know she's in. I'm not sure about that, but she's uh, she's an MEP right. in, uh, yeah. in Brussels. Has won its uh, first mayoral election in the municipality of the German state of Saxony, Anhalt, in the small town of, I don't even want to try pronouncing, pronouncing that. And so the candidate won with 51% of the vote according to official preliminary results. Well, this tells me that they might still be having a f free and fair elections over there, which is very, very good. That's a, that's a good sign. Uh, versus, oh yeah, it's, a, it's happening countries. everywhere. It's happening yeah. everywhere. Anyway, All so- All across the, Europe. The, the town is located in the former GDR, which was East Germany during the communist time. Mm -hmm. And the AFD enjoys there its, its highest support Although the town has only 9,000 people, the breakthrough victory comes on the heels of the AFD winning its first district election. So that's a sign as well that things are, the people are waking up and getting uh, politically active, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. And it's happening everywhere. We know about the Netherlands. We know about uh, Maloney. We know about uh, in Spain. It, it's going across the board, absolutely, because people are seeing it. You know, when you get this sort of mass migration that, that Europe has opened its doors to, you get it, it. The politicians aren't affected by this, but the actual small communities where these people go are you know, over here, you've got hotels in, in very small towns and villages being taken over to house these people. And it affects the local community in, in the most basic ways in, in terms of like the people that work these hotels are booted out. They lose their jobs because they're, they, there's, um, you know, companies come in that, that bring in all the caterers and, and the staff to look after these people. So the locals lose their, their, their livelihoods. It's, it's really, you know, very much something that's coming up from the grassroots and it's everywhere. And and that gives me hope. It really does. Because I think that with that politicians will start to listen and they already are in Brussels in that they're acknowledging there in the European parliament that something has to be done about these uh, migrants that come through. Well, let's hope um, it's not too late. Well, we shall see, but it's it's it is it is a kind of a race against time in that system. But they they've got you know because politicians really drag their heels. They're the most ineffectual people in terms of getting things done. Uh, so we'll see. All right, let's talk about work. Nigel. Oh, poor old Nigel. Okay, yeah. so here he is tweeting a couple of hours ago. At no point <clears> in the last ten years did Coots give me a minimum threshold. I don't know what he's talking about there. Who's is Coots uh, a member of government? Oh, no, no, it's a private bank. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. So it's, he's talking. The Hoi Poloi bank there. Cooch is the name of the bank that, uh, yeah. okay. More importantly, the offer of a NatWest personal account. What's that? Do you know what that is? NatWest is a building society. Okay. Uh, uh, only came after I went public on Thursday. So he's raising a ruckus about the fact that he uh, was booted out of his bank. Basically, they didn't want his business. Apparently, they called him and said, look, we, uh, we don't want your business anymore. 
were closing your account. And uh, he asked why, of course, and was not given a reason. Um, he said, my establishment are trying to force me out of the UK by closing my bank accounts. Let's listen a little bit to uh, Nigel Farage. Uh, this is a clip. I guess it's a couple of days old, but it kind of encapsulates this nightmare that he's been going through uh, as far as his bank account is, is concerned. Hello there. Now, you would think in the light of this that I'd be pretty happy. Okay, he's holding up as a, an award that he got for News Presenter of the Year. I mean, you know, News Presenter of the Year. The Trick Awards was pretty cool. And a massive thanks to all of those people out there that voted for me. The establishment were, of course, appalled because they, in their little London bubble, think that I'm incredibly unpopular. Well, in Notting Hill, I might be, maybe not quite so, in the rest of the country. But actually, truth is, I'm not full of the joys of spring. I've been living with something for the last couple of months that may well fundamentally affect my future career going on from here and whether I can even stay living in this country. I have been with the same banking group since 1980. I've had my personal accounts with them since that date and my business accounts right through the 1990s when I worked in the city of London and in recent years too. I'm with one of the subsidiaries of this big banking group, one with a very prestigious name, but I won't name them just yet. It's good. I got a phone yeah. call a couple of months ago to say, we are closing your accounts. I asked why, no reason was given. I was told a letter would come, which would explain everything. The letter came through and simply said, we are closing your accounts. We want to finish it all by a date, uh, which is around about now. I mean, that was basically the thrust of uh, his message there. We, you're out, we don't want you anymore. And then he had all sorts of trouble finding another bank to accept his money. And so now, as I understand it, there is an inquiry going on uh, in the UK over the sort of thing, Farage banking ban sparks UK government probe of blacklisting accounts over political views. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he went to nine banks and uh, they rejected him. Now, what what he is, is a PEP, a politically exposed person, and that includes his family. So that's basically any politician who they reckon, because of their position, they can be open or um you know, approached by anyone wanting to do money laundering. And he was accused of this in Parliament by one of the, I think it's he's one of the Welsh MPs. Um, he was he was accused of taking um, half a million from the Russians with absolutely no evidence. People have chased, he's tried to chase this, this MP down to bring forward the evidence, nothing there whatsoever. And um, as it turns out, Coots had sent out a, a someone I know who got a letter from them, who banks with them, said that, um, this was a few weeks ago, they said they will close any account if comments made by that person brings the bank into disrepute. So they didn't give Nigel any reasons, they said for commercial reasons, but what this is, what we really have to, because what, what has happened as a result of this, what came to light is, as you said, there is a, a lot of people who've had their banks closed, their bank accounts closed. One of them was a reverend, okay, Richard Fothergill, who had his Yorkshire Building Society account closed because he asked, as a, a, a Church of England reverend, why there were so many pride flags in the Building Society. And on that basis, he got shut down. 
And, you know, you've got th what this is, and everybody everywhere in the West has to notice this, because you had the balloon that went up in Canada first, when Trudeau shut down the, the accounts of anybody supporting or part of the truckers uh, movement, the protest movement. Yeah. This is uh, the beginnings of a social credit system. I'm convinced of this. Because most of our high street banks and many corporations now are signed up with this charity Stonewall, which we talked about last time, who are in partnership with the WEF, the World Economic Forum. And it's it's huge because within the WEF, they've, they've formed this partnership for global LGBTI equality. And there are a lot of founding members of this. Accenture, the, the huge IT group, Cisco, Boston Consulting Group, Scotiabank is one of them, Coca-Cola, Microsoft, and there's many, many more than that. So they're all signed up to this. And basically, this is, this is what Klaus Schwab always talks about, this environmental social governance, which is what he says is stakeholder capitalism. So the governments that you elect have absolutely nothing to do with this. It's about the corporations that decide the policies and how societies are going to operate under those policies. So they're more concerned with their woke credentials than they are their customers. This is part, this is the beginning of a social credit system and it's got to be fought against. And, you know, in this country, we do have that pushback. We've got the free speech union. Toby Young is pushing a, for legislation on this um, so that, first of all, that you will have banks explaining exactly why you have your bank account closed. So therefore, once you know, under the Equalities Act, you can sue them because you're not, you're not, you can't just be shut down because of your political views. And that's the second part of the legislation that's being tried to be pushed through is that you cannot be shut down because of any of your beliefs or political views. So, you know, that's the one good thing about this country is people do react very strongly to this sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I certainly wish them the best. I mean, it's the brazen aspect of all this by these banks. It's just uh, stunning. The, the fact that they think it's perfectly okay to do that. They knew they were tackling a public figure that, and that it would get out and that it would be reported widely, but they didn't care. These banks don't care, none of them do. And that, what does that say about those institutions? The fact that they can act like, I don't know, little Nazis for lack of a better word. I don't like using that word, but come on. What, what do you call it? You know, when, when people are deprived of their ability to, do, to bank, to do business through these institutions, just because their political views are, are no longer deemed acceptable, you know, it, it's it's sickening, and yet they do well, it, and they're they're brazen about it. They're they they don't care about whether anybody out there doesn't like what they do. That I mean, we've to me we've reached a bit of a a tipping point here. They don't care about the publicity that has arisen from the fact that they deplatformed this guy and uh, told him to take his business elsewhere. They did, they don't want to have his account on their books anymore. To me, that's that's one of those Rubicon moments because it means that they don't care what you think or what I think. Well, they go. They, this has been going on for decades with the World Economic Forum. These guys go to this stuff in Davos. They've been going for years and years and years, and they really are convinced that they are masters of the universe. And they're being funded and helped 
by huge investment firms like like State Street and Vanguard and uh, and BlackRock. Black yeah, you know, they, they, this is this is a thing. I mean, they're really doing it, and it's being exposed for what it is now. People are finally, it's there for people to see. And the thing is, are you going to put up with it? And uh, you know, as, as I say, in this country, no. There's certainly a contingent that don't want to put up with it. We've even got GB News starting now a um, a petition for. Uh, cash. Do not get rid of cash. Can't remember what the exact name of it is, but you sign up saying we don't want cash to go because we can see it happening. Rishi Sunak has talked about this, a digital currency. That's the next step. Yeah, there's you know? a report. I see that there. And I, uh, I read a bit of it earlier. We, we only launched this yesterday afternoon and already more than 30,000 people have signed the petition. GB News head of digital news, Dan Falvey, is the person who's, uh, I guess, quarterbacking this. Yep. Um, I don't. I I hope they get two million people signing it. Let's, well, they're close to a hundred thousand now. Let's they're listen. very close to hundred. I think uh, that's the oh. last figure I heard. Oh, okay. Coming up to hundred thousand. Let's listen a little bit to it. Yeah. Now, in the wake of the COVID pandemic, more and more shops, cafes, and pubs, to my fury, are choosing to only accept card payments. Britain is fast becoming a cashless society, and with the rise of online payment methods, vulnerable people who rely on cash are increasingly being left behind by the relentless march of technology. So, here at GB News, we've launched a petition to prevent a cashless society. I'm so proud of this. It's on our website, gbnews.com forward slash cash. Or if you've got a smartphone, use it on the QR code on your screen right now. to take. All right. Don't kill cash. That's it. Don't kill cash. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us. I, I have to wrap it up, but uh, there's a lot there, a lot of information. So we appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much for having me on and letting me um, bring this to light. Well, we have to fight back. Every and in Canada too. This isn't just a British thing or a European thing. Canada's got that right. God, I got to do it. Anna Grayson Morley from UK, West London. Thank you so much. Let's take a break. Back with more on News Talk Saga Nine Sixty and the Mark Petrona Show after this. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on Saga960AM.ca. You were listening to the Mark Petroni Radio Program. Heard exclusively on News Talk Saga 960. And we're back with more on News Talk Saga 960. So very glad you could join us on this Tuesday edition of the Mark Petrona Show. We have Leo Knight. Joining us from beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. He's a former RCMP officer, former city police officer. He's a security expert. And he alerted me to a story that was uh, an exclusive in the Western Standard. You can read about it in westernstandard.news. Exclusive table dancing drag show for RCMP in Surrey. Now, there's a couple of citizens groups that have raised the issue with the RCMP. They don't want any more of these drag shows. RCMP drag show prompts complaints from citizen activists. The leaders of two citizen activist groups in British Columbia have written to the head of the RCMP in their province to demand no more drag shows be performed on RCMP property. All right, we're going to listen to this in a minute just to hear what it sounds like. It looks, 
I mean, there was some cell phone video that was sent to the Western Standard. And uh, I guess this person was imitating Cher. I think that's what they were doing, uh, what appears to be the case. Uh, before we bring in Leo, let's listen. Obviously, you can't see it. This is uh, radio. Actually, you know what? That's a good thing. Consider yourself lucky. And uh, mostly women, from what I can see in the audience. I don't know if they're staffers or if they're officers taking time off. And you have this uh, individual jumping around, walking and acting like Cher with a long black wig. All right. So, Leo, what's uh, what's the problem with having uh, this type of drag show on RCMP property? Well, the lack of taste uh, aside, uh, <laughs> the uh, the issue is this: this occurs in the RCMP mess at Green Timbers uh, in Surrey, British Columbia. Now, Green Timbers is the regional headquarters uh, for the RCMP. And uh, there are several thousand people. I actually don't know how many people that work there because there's a heck of a lot of civilian staff there as well as uh, sworn RCMP members uh, who work out of there primarily doing provincial and federal contract policing. Um, the the mess is a licensed premise uh, inside the police uh, headquarters. Uh one of the persons who was complaining about this is uh, someone named Carrie Simpson. Now, Carrie is uh, a longtime uh, conservative activist. Uh, I'll describe her as conservative, although I really don't know her political leanings. She's uh, Christian, uh, conservative in belief relative to uh, a number of things. She first came to public light about, well, about 20 years ago or so when, uh, she identified somebody who was getting away with what, uh, what was described as Munchausen syndrome <laughs> by proxy, which was uh, something where a parent was uh, being sadistic to her child, and it was some sort of psychosis, uh, defined psychological psychosis. Uh, uh, anyway, she, she first came to light in that whole thing, and it became very controversial. And she has stayed uh, in and out of the public limelight since then. At any rate, she wrote a letter to the uh, the officer commanding uh, all of E Division, which is all of British Columbia. Uh, anyway, is a deputy commissioner named Dwayne McDonald, and she copied the commissioner uh, Michael Duham on this. And basically, she's asking for some information but primarily saying uh this is a drag show it shows a man degradingly and this is a quote by the way shows a man degradingly and offensively impersonating a skankily dressed woman dancing in a sexually provocative manner on the tables located in the mess hall of rcmp headquarters right um she raises a number of of things 
but the primary uh, concern is that, uh, it, it, in her opinion, this violates Section 37 of the RCMP Act, which says members of the RCMP should, quote, avoid any actual, apparent, or potential conflict of interest, uh, be incorruptible, et cetera, et cetera, at all times, uh, you know, in their in the course of their duties, uh, and maintain the honor of the force and its principles and purposes. And it would certainly seem on the surface, Mark, that uh, having a drag show with a some sort of male dressed up as a female acting as a trollop on tables in the mess hall would certainly seem to uh, not uh, fall within that and maintaining the honor of the force uh, and its principles and purposes. Uh, The other, uh, the other issue that is being raised is she's asking if alcohol is being served at this event. Um, now, I don't know. I, I do know that the mess in the RCMP headquarters is, is a licensed premise. Uh, I don't know that the, the room that this uh, took place in, it looks to me to be more like the cafeteria as opposed to the mess. This was in Surrey, oh, by the way. It was in Surrey, British Columbia. I should have mentioned that earlier, just in case people didn't. Yes, so it's in Surrey. It's Green Timbers in Surrey, and it is the provincial headquarters of the RCMP. Right. Are they going to say, well, we were just blowing off steam, uh, having a good time. <laughs> w- you know, what's your problem? Uh, here's the question that's been raised here. Who paid for this event? Who authorized this use of RCMP headquarters for it? Did the organizing group out on patrol society, what's that? Did the organizing group out on patrol society rent the facility or was it provided free of charge? Did those employed by the RCMP Oh, is this is this dancer an RCMP officer? Now that would make things even spicier. <laughs> Did those... Yeah, I, I, and, and there there is no information yeah. in either Carrie Simpson's letter or the uh, story in the Western Standard whether that's the case. And certainly, we don't know. Uh, the problem I have with this uh, is uh, essentially there there is a, a section of the RCMP Code of Conduct, which says, quote, members behave in a manner that is not likely to discredit the force, unquote. Now, you know, I, I guess it's all uh, uh, relative to your, your definition or your interpretation of that particular section, uh, but it's hard to imagine that this sort of activity is something that would be not likely to discredit the force. Um, I, I have a problem, personally speaking, with the RCMP as a non-political, supposedly, organization ha- staging one of these events inside their own building. How is this political? Uh, uh, well, whether you want to like it or not, Mark, there's no question that the Trans activism uh, is has become a very left wing uh, division uh, amongst Canadians. Uh, conservatives look at this uh, with derision, 
And uh, the liberals look at it with, oh, we're just supporting trans rights and all of that sort of thing. Um, you know, I mean, I don't have a problem with drag shows if they're in uh, a suitable establishment that it, and it's advertised that so that everybody going there knows exactly what it is. As long as it's adult only, I don't have a problem. Well, there's no uh, children I do have there. a problem. I mean, I, there, not that I can uh, say. There, there, there shouldn't be children there. As I said, it is the RCMP headquarters in British Columbia. Although I will say that, uh, you know, there are events occasionally in the mess there uh, where families are invited. Now, whether this was one or not, we don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if taxpayer dollars were used. Did those employed by, just reading the question here that's raised by the complainant, did those employed by the RCMP who attended get paid for attending? Did those employed, okay, so were they on duty? I guess that's a good question. Were these people well, on, on the payroll all, like, or were they, were they there doing all, this on their own time? In all likelihood, they were on duty. I mean, in as much as that they're employees of uh, the headquarters of the RCMP uh, in the headquarters building. Um, you know, it's hard to imagine anybody would uh, take a uh, commute to the office to go watch a drag show, whereas they do commute to work every day. And uh, while they're there, uh, something like this is put on. I don't know if it was done as sort of a morale boosting. Well, I don't. I don't see how it can be morale boosting uh, in itself. But whatever, as a, a something that the leadership uh, determined would be morale boosting, uh, we just don't know. Yeah, I mean, do you extend this to some of the drag queen story time incidents that we've seen? We've seen uh, Christians and others protesting these events, in which kids have been subjected to. Uh, for lack of a better word, risque presentation where these individuals show up. I think it's very uncomfortable for the kids. They don't know what to make of it. I've seen children look at these people as if they're freaks, which I think they are. But what are they doing in a situation where they've got kids uh, supposedly in a library con uh, position, condition, environment rather? Uh, to me, this may be is a way of bringing the RCMP members into the viewpoint that there's uh, no harm here and that, uh, you know, you should allow these so-called entertainers to have access to kids. Um, you, you know what I'm saying? It's almost like uh, sending the message well, that it's okay if you're doing it at the RCMP. <laughs> well, then, you know, it's not such a huge step to do it at a library. Yeah, and that's a salient uh, question being posed by Carrie Simpson, uh, you know, is what sort of messages is sending to the community? Uh, you know, you're supposed to remain apolitical. This looks to be decidedly political in that uh, the trans issue has become a political issue in the country. Uh, well, in North America, really. Uh, and, you know, uh should the Mounties be seen to be supporting one side or another in the, uh, in the activism argument? Uh, I suppose you could debate that, Mark, uh, but Carrie Simpson is certainly raising those questions, and, and rightly so. As I say, she is a community activist. 
albeit uh, conservative activist, small c conservative activist or Christian activist. Um, but that's who she is, and, and certainly that's uh, her normal thing. Uh, I, I will say that uh, in June of 2019, uh, there was a protest at the RCMP uh, there, uh, sorry, at the Surrey Detachment of the RCMP, not Green Timbers, which is the headquarters, but rather at the detachment, uh, where a gathering of citizens showed up to protest the raising of the pride flag uh, outside the detachment. Um, I don't know if it was done as a replacement for the Canadian flag that typically flies there, or if it was flown on the same flagpole, which is also not something that should be done. Uh, uh, however, anyway, Carrie Simpson was one of the leaders of that little protest. So she's not a stranger to protesting pride or trans events, and she's certainly not a stranger to pointing out that apolitical national policing services should not be seen as taking a political side or supporting one side of a political argument. And we'll be back with more on News Talk Saga 960 and the Mark Petrana Show after this. Stream us live at saga960am.ca. You were listening to the Mark Petroni Radio Program. Heard exclusively on News Talk Saga 960. Leo Knight joining us on Saga 960. On this Tuesday edition of the Mark Petrona Show, we've been talking about a drag show that took place on RCMP property. So uh, how high up the flagpole is this going to go? I mean, is this going to go to the the commissioner who already botched one major issue, right? The the FOI, uh, uh, the the, the Freedom of Information request. As I said, Kerry Simpson's letter was certainly uh, copied to the commissioner. So certainly he will have been made aware of that. She also copied every member of the senior executive committee for the RCMP, which is about, uh, I don't know, about 10 of them, all senior officers, the rank of superintendent, chief superintendent, or assistant commissioner. Uh, so fairly senior members. So, so certainly she's, uh, she's flagged it uh, to all the senior membership. Will the commissioner actually get involved? I don't know. Will he make a public statement? Uh, I don't know. I rather doubt it. Uh, will the deputy commissioner, Dwayne McDonald, uh, respond publicly? Again, I don't know. Uh, that remains to be seen. Let's talk a little bit about Canada Day. I mean, uh, were you feeling particularly uh, patriotic this year? <laughs> Yeah, as we all got smacked with a new uh, uh, tax, the uh, as yeah. we talked about last week, the uh, you know what is effectively the second carbon tax on all of us. Uh, thanks, Justin. Uh, so no, I didn't feel particularly patriotic as Justin raided my wallet yet again. Uh, Susan Delacarte over the Toronto Star 
America's far right is operating in Canada. Why don't we consider that foreign interference? So the fact that we uh, have thrown out one Chinese spy and there's been uh, a lot of many calls for a uh, some kind of inquiry, a public inquiry into the meddling, the foreign meddling into our uh, elections. I mean, really, it's going on uh, well, by China. She, but, but just check this she, out now. She, she comes out and says, well, what about the far right? You know, they're operating in yeah. Canada. I mean, uh, so I guess she's, I don't know, I don't know what her point is. Uh, so we, Anybody, let's, let's, let's open any, it up to a, to an inquiry. Let's have an inquiry and we can look at the this uh, alleged infiltration by America's far right, which I have seen precious little evidence of. We know that there's been many Chinese people who've talked about the threats made against themselves. Uh, you know, when it came to voting, we know about the threats made against members of parliament. As far as I know, the there's been no threats made against certain people by America's far right. Have you heard something about that? She's she's determined to make it this make this a uh, an issue that you know the far right in America is involved. I don't I don't see it. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I saw the Twitter comments and uh, the original uh, uh, posting about the story. Uh, I will confess I don't subscribe to the Toronto Star online. So I wasn't able to read the column, uh, but there's probably a good reason why I don't subscribe to the Toronto Star. The author, Susan Delacourt, uh, is a, uh, I'm not exactly sure what her role is, but anyway, she's I guess she's a columnist or whatever. No, at the Star, sorry, I was about Left to say, she, she's affiliated with the Pierre Trudeau Foundation. Yeah. Uh, that has been much uh, the subject of much controversy of late anyway. Uh, so she's that. She's, a, she's an absolute Trudeau sycophant. Uh, and I really object to the use of the term far right anyway. Uh, far right, by definition, should be the uh, extreme right, uh, sort of the Nazi type. Uh, you know, yet yeah. anybody to, to the right. Well, they were national Justin socialists, Trudeau. so I, I, some people think they're yeah. actually far left. But I, I mean, who cares? They're extremists. But I, I well, just don't you, understand what her go, point is. You go far enough right or left, you actually close the circle. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, what I was about to say is that S Susan Delacourt is a Trudeau sycophant. Uh, and as near as I can tell, Everything she writes as a, uh, a columnist is uh, supporting the left-wing or liberal causes. Uh, now, the use of the term far-right bothers me because uh, the left seems to consider anybody to the right of their uh, hard activists to be, quote, far-right. Uh, if, if you're a conservative in this country... According to Susan Delacourt and too many members of the liberals on the left, uh, you're automatically far right. Uh, they have no tolerance of any position that's small C or big C conservative. Yeah, well, I think they're trying to um, even the scale, I think, balance the scales. Almost as an, It's almost like an apology for the Chinese meddling. You know, while the Chinese are meddling, well, so are so the Americans, you know, well, there you go. So why should we even bother with it? You know what I mean? It's almost like a way of excusing what China is doing because the Americans 
or conservative elements in the, in the United States might be doing the same thing, though I've seen, again, no evidence of it. These are the same people who said that the convoy was was being run out of uh, the Kremlin with Putin in charge. These are the same people who yeah. call the, the truckers a bunch of rapists, you know, and uh, Nazis, people brandishing, uh, you know, Confederate flags. I mean, it was just a... So these are the same... It was the Toronto Star that did that lying story about... Uh, uh, people armed with 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 uh, loaded shotguns in those trucks, you know, uh, during the the protest. And so these yeah. are the things. You know, you talk about you know, in the face of what's going on with the Chinese meddling, the all these people can can do is come up with their own conspiracy theories, which is exactly what it is. And when somebody else raises other issues, they call it. They're always quick. Well, that's just a, a conspiracy theory. Well, what's this? This is a conspiracy theory. There's absolutely no proof whatsoever that somehow uh, ultra-radical right-wing, hard-right elements from the United States are doing stuff in Canada. I mean, let's have the evidence. Did she produce any of it? Not that I can see. What do you think? No, she doesn't. Uh, but also uh, along the same line, but slightly different, a story ran in the uh, Epoch Times today uh, uh, that basically tells the story of a memo or a bulletin that was sent out by the governor op government operations center uh, uh, during the Freedom Convoy protest. And apparently on the first day of the protest outside Parliament Hill, this is a quote from the memo, we have received confirmation that protesters have started to enter office buildings in the Ottawa downtown core and are allegedly causing damage. As a result, Minto Place, which is a federal government building, is going into week weekend lockdown mode. All entrance doors will be locked effective immediately. Uh, that comes from the Ministry of, uh, sorry, the Minister of Public Safety. Uh, now, you know, I mean, you and I have talked before about Marco Mendicino, and we'll probably talk about him again. But it's his ministry. He was minister at the time, and they sent out deliberate false information from the public safety ministry about the Freedom Convoy and what they were doing. I mean, that's just, A, disgusting, uh, and B, it's so, uh, I mean, they're all, it's, it, the government just brought out a bill, C-18, to allegedly, according to them, dissuade misinformation being posted on the internet that's about clear misinformation coming from the government yeah they're licking their wounds anyway over bill was it cat i can't remember the online news act i mean yes. they're just they're getting i mean they're getting clobbered over that they look incredibly dumb <laughs> uh pablo well, rodriguez I mean, you know, looks like an idiot um, they look like they overplayed their hand and, uh, you've got trillion dollar companies like Google and Meta. That's <laughs> like, so, yeah, we're going to be pushed around by Pablo in Canada. No, it's not going to happen. Take a hike. I mean, I just, Pablo clearly doesn't, or his bureaucrats as well as, uh, office people, they don't understand the internet and search engines. If you, you put up, a website, markpetroni.com, you know, you want to get, you know, pairs of eyeballs onto your website because that's 
you know, that means attention. The more eyeballs you can get advertising, you can charge more for the advertising, et cetera, et cetera. That's what media companies do. That's their their a primary revenue stream along with uh, subscription services. So Google, and, and not only Google, there are many of them. Uh, you know, my own website, primetimecrime.com, was the same thing. All we did was highlight stories, uh, and Google does the same thing. If you're interested, you'll click on the story. It takes you to the content creator's website which is the whole raison d'etre for them wanting the website. And so Google said, uh, sorry, Rodriguez and his ministry uh, in the Trudeau government said they were going to start charging Google for carrying uh, Canadian content. And Google said, fine, we'll just create an algorithm that excludes all Canadian content. I mean, Rodriguez just, I don't know if he is the, Origin, certainly the minister in charge, but, you know, whoever's idea this was simply doesn't understand the Internet and how it's evolved. If you, you're a content creator, you want eyeballs. Google was providing eyeballs. You know, it's, it's stupid. It's stupid, and yet it's just one more indicator of how out of touch these people are. I mean, they're just, they're just terrible. And now he's talking about, well, that's all right. We'll just give you more money. We'll just throw money at you. Alan Fryer retweeted uh, Justin Trudeau. Move over, Sham ShamWow guys. Remember the ShamWow guy, uh, the guy yeah. who's do, doing the. Uh, I guess I guess you want to call them popular uh, commercials. But uh, let's listen to Justin. I mean, I know it's I know it hurts, but let's listen to what he had to say. We're working to make life more affordable. Deliver you the supports you need. So let's go over the five. Uh, by the way, this is one of the cheesiest videos I have ever seen. It's obviously well, a, it, a green screen. Have you seen it, this? It's unbelievably cheesy. It. They've I got his big it. fat head in front of uh, the parliament buildings. Yeah, I have seen it, Mark, even though you know my reluctance <laughs> uh, and the, the, the visceral reaction it causes whenever I, uh, I hear his voice. However, I thought the ultimate, I don't know, call it cynical, call it hypocrisy, call it stupidity, pick an adjective. But he puts out this message about how they're making life more affordable yeah. on the day that a new carbon tax comes into effect, yeah. effectively making life less affordable for Canadians. Yep. It's, it's, it's either incredibly stupid. No, it's just gaslighting, or, right? It's just, let, let's listen a little bit to this. Different benefits we're delivering this month. First is our newest benefit, which we recently passed in the House of Commons, called the grocery rebate. If you're a family with two kids earning a low or modest income, you could receive over $450. Okay, so it's giveaways. You know, on one yeah, hand, they, they, ding, you, they ding you with higher taxes. They take way more money out of your pocket than they're ever going to give you. But they say, here's a few scraps for you just to shut you up. And it's barely even that. If you This so-called grocery rebate, amounts to a grand total of $9 a week for, uh, I'm not even sure what, what qualifies somebody I to guess receive you, it. If you got two kids. But uh, what, nine bucks a week, you can buy a dozen eggs? You, well, can you, can, you could, get, you could get a head of lettuce for nine bucks, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. It is. Uh, you know, the government is going to be taking over $2,000 every year 
from the average Canadian in carbon tax costs. He adds a second carbon tax, which is going to throw another uh, estimated $700 uh, and change onto the taxpayer, and he's going to give you nine bucks back. Well, thanks. Thanks for nothing, Justin Trudeau. But uh, he's trying to deflect the criticism that he is uh, attacking consumers, which obviously they are. Obviously they're doing that. I mean, it's a... Well, you know, they they seem to... There's a sadistic element to this government. (laughs) They are... they're They're coming after you. And uh, what, people are the, sick of it. Part of what part of what Trudeau said about the second carbon tax, uh, which they have a fancy name for it, which whatever it is, the clean. Uh, they said, "Well, fuel it, it standards. Does, it shouldn't. It shouldn't affect grocery prices because farmers are exempt." Well, great. If I grow a head of lettuce and I go to sell it to market, how do I get that head of lettuce there? You know, I'm not. I may be exempt from the the second carbon tax for the diesel in my tractor, but the trucking company who picks that up and takes it down to your local Safeway or Loblaws, they're not exempt. So how how does he actually say that this is going to somehow uh, magically grocery prices won't rise because yeah. of this. I mean, I got to wrap it up. But I'll, t- I'll tell you, it does, it does do one thing. The fact that these people are coming out and s- they're scrambling to try and improve the, the, this, uh, they understand how pissed off people are getting. Uh, if they didn't, if they didn't sense that Canadians have had enough of these scumbags, they, he would not be coming out and saying, look at all the great stuff I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? It's, they're feeling the heat. That, that's what this tells me. Leo, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate that. You're very welcome, Mark. Coming to us from beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. Well, it was beautiful. I think it's still beautiful. but uh, Yeah, it is. Beautiful day today. Nice. That pretty much wraps things up for me on this edition of the Mark Petrona Show. Thank you so much for tuning in, my friends. Again, support our terrific sponsor, Blue Harbor Financial. Go to askjeff.ca, askgeoff.ca. If you need some sound advice on your insurance planning, or your retirement planning, any financial planning, Jeff's your guy. He's my guy, and he sponsors the show, so please support him if you can. Anyway, that's it, so stay safe, be strong. As always, we'll do it again soon. Bye-bye for now. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on saga960am.ca.